Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. I don't know why do you not call me during your hard time. It hurts me when I heard that that you think I'm so busy. <laughs> I, I keep telling you, you underestimate us. You don't know how how big our understanding in every situation. I'm Sarade. And I'm Julie. This year, we travelled with our Soundy Joey across Aotearoa to eavesdrop on immigrant whānau talking with their children. Every family we visited welcomed us, made us laugh, honestly made us cry. And over this series, we invite you too to listen in on Conversations with My Immigrant Parents. The Trinidads migrated to Hawke's Bay in 2009. So there's Dad, Jose, Mum, Grace, son, Joseph, and his sister, Alex. They migrated here as one of the Hawke's Bay's first dairy farming Filipino families, and now they are part of a thriving Filipino community in the area. Jose has even been twice elected president of the Filipino community group there, so don't get it twisted. Jose was the first to come to New Zealand, selling most of his livestock back in the Philippines in order to move here. He was what is known as an overseas Filipino worker, which meant he had to leave Grace, Joseph and Alex, and it took him about three or four years to organise visas before the whole family could be reunited here in Aotearoa. In this conversation, we are going to hear from Joseph and Grace. Joseph is now 24 and he was 13 when the family came to New Zealand, so he spent more than half his life in the Philippines. Uh, Joseph currently works and lives in Wellington with his partner. Joseph's mum is Mary Grace, or Grace as she goes by. She was a university professor in the Philippines and she tried to get teaching jobs here, but it was really difficult and she could only find part-time positions. Currently, she works at a local pet food packing factory. So let's hear from Joseph and Grace. My mom's name's Mary Grace. She was born in a province in the Philippines called Laguna. Um, She is the number seven of nine kids. She grew up in a really big family, and what ended up happening is she raised the last two. I think that's why she had two kids of her own, because she really liked it. And there was, like, a girl and a boy, and now me and my sister, a girl and a boy. Yeah. I've always thought she was forever going to stay 37, but now she's 50, which is crazy to me, because mentally I feel like 13 years just flew by. Yeah, she moved to New Zealand, to Hawke's Bay specifically, 2009, which is exactly a decade now, which is crazy. She's so kind. I feel like that's her, like, best quality. She's kind to everyone. Like, she would honestly always see the best in people. And, yeah, I feel like it's the same as her as, like, a mother. I kind of, like, inherited from her. It's probably why I'm, like, on the verge of tears right now. It's just, like, she's She kind of wears her emotions in her sleeves, in a way. (laughs) 
My son's name is Joseph Marigi and Trinidad. Uh, Joseph because his dad's name is Jose Aldrin. Mary because I marry Grace. I'm uh, from a religious family. That's why I always put um, saint name. And GN is my first choice. Uh, last year, he just finished his study in Victoria University in marketing. And he's still now working. He grew up very quiet. That's only at home, but I think outside, he's friendly. He's friendly. I love because he's very intelligent. I always like his opinion. I always like his passion in studying. Anyway, most of my children are really sweet. And that's what I love to him. Uh, do you understand why do we move here? Well, your biggest reason was always for us to be globally competitive yeah. and security. <laughs> yeah. So we don't, you don't have to worry about us getting robbed on our way back from school. Yeah. Do you remember that how many times we <laughs> robbed in, our, yes. in the Philippines? Three times. First one when we were sleeping. Second time when we were away. Yeah. Third time at gunpoint. So. Yeah. That's why we move here in New Zealand. Because why do we move in New Zealand? We already oh, visited some part of it's, USA, um, but why? How come New Zealand? Because it's for dad. Yeah. Farming? Farming, yeah. because of dairy farming. I really need to, to give up my career. I already teaching 12 years, I think, or more than 12 years as a professor. Then moving here is a different thing. And you guys are already turning to be a teenagers. And it's really hard for you being teenagers. I was excited, though. It was cool to like move to a different country and, I don't know, empty canvas. I can have a new personality. Like, no one knows who I am. But the biggest change was, because we had such a busy life in the Philippines where we go out every weekend, go into the city, go to the mall, go shopping. And then, like, even on weeknights, we won't come home until, like, 9 because I had things to do, like, tutors with my friends. And then, like, here, everything closes at 5. <laughs> because in our yeah. country, everything is accessible. That's why it's easy for us to go places, not compare here. And how do you find the first three years of staying here in New Zealand? I did not know how to speak a word of English. I feel like for me to come out with a full sentence was hard. It would take me like 30 seconds to even say, to even answer, how are you? And then people would stop asking. Ugh, learning a second language is hard. Like, Or at least like I thought I had like a practical knowledge of it already, but... I didn't. <laughs> yeah. What do you think the reason in terms of languages? Do you think the language or the accent? They always say that we sound American. I think it's just like when we grew up with cable, <laughs> we grew up with friends, Jennifer Aniston. And I think I was like, oh, I'm going to talk like the people from the TV shows. And then it's just like, no, that doesn't really apply in real life because people don't talk that way. <laughs> yeah. Like, me and my sister don't really have the challenge of the accent. It's hard for me in terms of accent, eh? because mm. most of the time they don't understand my English. They always tell me that it's a language barrier. But the way I look at it, I think it's the accent barrier. Eh? Mm. Remember, I work in the grocery. Mm. Most of my English, they don't understand me, especially some customers looking for some stuff. 
I don't understand them the same way. They don't understand Do me. they try understand you? Because when I first came they here, try. the key... But now i learning the, the tricks of how to pronounce it properly. <laughs> and that's it. That's why I speak slowly. And most of the time, I spell what they're looking for. Spelling, yeah. And that's it. But when we first moved in here, it's not like the Kiwi accent is easy to understand that it like flows like butter. Like, you can try as much as we try. You don't have to, like, give up on it. We're not giving yeah. up on it either. Yeah, that's it. That's the one thing that I really proud of myself, not giving up <laughs> yeah. and learning. Yeah. They're an adult thing, how they pronounce it. Like, I'm looking for a pen. Yeah. They want me, can I borrow your pen? What? Yeah. And they say, ah, oh, you want a pin? Oh, okay. A pin. <laughs> then... Then one thing I'm asking for a seesaw. Yeah. Huh? And they're telling me, I thought you're asking for a sea salt. <laughs> no, a seesaw. I make a sign, a seesaw, like this cutting paper. Like we pronounce it the way they want to pronounce it. We even yeah, try yeah, to yeah. write it. We even use sign language. Yeah, yeah, and they yeah, all have yeah, to do yeah, is kind yeah, of yeah, like yeah. listen. But see, we're already here for 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. So the Filipino community in the Hawke's Bay, they elect presidents, they have pageants around Valentine's Day, they organise huge Halloween and Easter festivities with games. Uh, Grace's best friends even came together, and family, came together with the wider Filipino community to plan a huge surprise 50th for Grace, and we saw some photos and they were pretty cute. Like, they couldn't stop emphasising how important Incredible that was because apparently Filipino people love to gossip and Grace didn't find out and that was amazing. But I think the whole time we were just really impressed with what a huge community there was in the Hawke's Bay of all places. Yeah, and if you didn't know, you wouldn't know. Like I had never heard that there was this yeah. microcosm of Filipinos in is that the Central North Island, Hawke's Bay? I have no idea. Okay, cool. Um, so that was, yeah, it was surprising and to us and then kind of meeting them was all really cool as well. Yeah. I think it's just bewildering that most New Zealanders had no idea that this existed. Yeah, we went to a birthday party eh, when we were recording this episode. Yeah, they were like kid's birthday party. With combined kid's birthday party, <laughs> like a six-year-old and eight-year-old. Maybe a hundred people there. All in, like, one person's house. Mm. It wasn't, like, in a hall. It was one person's house and garage. And garage with this mean barbecue. In a paddock in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, so as we mentioned, the Filipino community elects presidents. And Jose has been president twice now, which means that we were actually in the company of the first family. The first family. I never consider myself as a first lady, <laughs> just uh, support her dad because he always elected as a president of the community. Mm. We need to organize the whole year activities. Mm -hmm. First is the how can we have a fund. Yeah. And second, uh, the normal the normal activities like the Eastern for the kids yeah. and the family day every Labor Weekend and the Christmas party. And, and Halloween. of course, the Halloween. Yeah. And February is always our premiere uh, the activities of raising fans. Yeah. And we always have a search for Mr. and Miss Valentine's regardless for what age is it. Also it's a pageant in terms of raising fans. Yeah. It's so regarding about money. Yeah. 
if you give much more money, you must be the winner. And the mechanic is our community composed of five farms? Four farms. Four. Only four, including with town. Yeah. If you raise the biggest fund, you are the winner. But every winner will receive a certain percentage of what they put in. So it's kind of like only a part of it. Yeah, yeah. Is money though like yeah, yeah. Fif like fifty to forty forty percent? No, no, it's all money. It all money? <laughs> it's all money. It's all money. But why and is they it have a talent a... show? Why is it so intense? <laughs> like because <it's>... <laughs> everybody wants to win. You know the Filipino way. Why is it so intense? It's like a child's pageant. Why is the crown so important? Recognition, probably. Mm -hmm. They want to recognize that their children are the they... new reigning. Queen, something like that. I would not want to do it. Well, at, no. well, in, back in the Philippines, I did and I won. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> I thought I was going to lose because out of the three of us, I felt I was like the ugly duckling, and I feel like I was the worst with dress. I have the worst suits, even the worst costumes. And on pageant day, my auntie created this real elaborate. What's the criteria of the costume? It should be came from a recycle. Recycle. Yeah. So. And what is your costume? It was literally a robot. It was like a really elaborate robot with arms. Made and a, of what? Do you still remember? Yes. It was made out of potato sacks, but it was really, yeah, yeah, really yeah. nice potato sacks. And it's yeah. so the hard to find. The brown one, potato sacks. Yeah. Then... It was expensive recycled materials because there's no the way crown, to find potato sacks in the Philippines. In the um, there's like a crown made out of like... You know the plastic cups you put over speakers? Yeah. <laughs> it was literally like a helmet. I felt like a Power Ranger. It was like a big boost in my... Self-confidence though, because I won. I didn't expect to be winning and yeah, it was weird. And there's like a talent show as well. All I remember about the talent show is like fog machine. Because <laughs> that fog machine was like so intense. The entire, the entire stage was just like a cloud of smoke and just like me, eight-year-old me, just like with a mic that's not working. What's your talent? You sing? It was... You dance? Really embarrassing. Hopefully no one has a video of it. It was like singing, dancing, and acting. It was acting first, and I was like, oh, I can dance too. And it's like, dance break. And then like at the end, I sing. Yeah, that's it. I remember that. Yeah, I think with pageants is that I feel like people really know that like, oh yeah, Filipinos are really talented, but who's the most talented? Yeah, it's always like <laughs> yeah. that. Very and it's Filipino. Also like flex, where it's just like, yeah, my... Young daughter has this gown flown out from the Philippines yeah. and it costs That's why this much your money. cousin won <laughs> because her dress is made from the Philippines. Oh, nice. Yeah. Since I was a kid, I always hated going to churches. Yeah, I know. But I, there's like, but it's always a reward. Yeah. We're going to Jollibee yeah. or McDonald's. Yeah. What makes it so hard to go to the church? Because it's so long. Yeah. And some priests, when they preach, are so boring. And you are always so busy in church because you know everyone. We would be sitting in the middle of the crowd. Like a crowd of what? Like 200, 300. And then like someone from the back on the stage, like back of the priest would wave at you specifically. And you would wave back. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I know that f girl from high school. Or like, know that girl from when I was three. And I was like, oh. And do you know the reason why I'm going to church? Regularly? Yeah. It's a callback from home. And it's like... It's most... not a callback for home. It's a fate. I cannot survive here in New Zealand without my faith, believe me. Because I always believe that true prayers where there I can get my strength. That's why I want you to understand also in times of problem or trouble. I want you to 
to lean on on prayers. It's it's just a moment of silence that you can realize what life really is. I feel like the Filipino brand of Catholicism is a party. I remember like going to the church and being like seeing my friends. We're celebrating every December the Misa de Gallo. Here? Yeah. It's been three years. Misa de Gallo is our culture thing. Before Christmas, we celebrate nine consecutive masses at night. It's a mass at night. We start 8 p.m. because that's the time they finish their work. Because in the Philippines, it's nine it. consecutive days, yes, but it starts at 4.45 a.m., correct? Yeah, it's and in then, the morning. Yeah, it's and after 5.45, sunrise, everyone gets busy because we know that it's Misa de Gallo and it's like the busiest nine days before Christmas. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah, like yeah. all street food and you can smell the sticker rice like steaming and it's just like all the sweets. Yeah. And I always love coming to those. I don't like waking up early, but I always like coming to those. I come to like two or three. I'd always come to the very, very last one. Yeah. And I remember that being a really big event. The churches are like covered in Christmas lights. Like there's always just like the nativity scene. Yeah. Jesus is just like there and it's just like, it's so big. It's like eight feet tall or like something like that. And there's always like a Filipino spin on it. Like Jesus is wearing like the Filipino flag or like the yeah. traditional Filipino costume. Or like, there's like, uh, what's the English word for it? The material you use Baha'i Kubu, like you make Baha'i Kubu with? Bilen, we call it Bilen. So the next part of the conversation talks a lot about religion and queerness and I think we just wanted to flag that this can be really tricky territory to talk about, talk in. And that a lot of us who are migrants and kids of migrants have to deal with this. Um, I've definitely had to. My family's Catholic. Um, so it can be hard to reconcile, but it's also not impossible. Um, and obviously that the Catholic Church is moving and changing in other ways but that yeah Joseph's experience with it might not be true for a lot of other people mm. a lot of us who do have to deal with both of those things kind of wish that they worked more harmoniously because you know if religions preach love then they should love everyone but obviously that's not always the case um and it can be really hard when um that religion is so so key to your family as we can see is with grace um, where her faith does mean so much to her mm. to the point that she says she wouldn't be able to survive in New Zealand without it. So it's really hard to divorce your family and religion and culture even. The Catholic Church is very controversial. Today. Especially when they have their old ways and then there's this new wave of, you want to call them millennials, uh -huh. where it's like new ideas and it's marrying those two together. And how do you find you um, when you're growing up that insisting you to go to the church I'm going in? How do you find They it? never credit to them. They never taught anything that's anti-gay. Not even like anti-abortion. My bad view of the church kind of came from the news. <laughs> because like I hear them funding this like hate group. And it's stopping, I don't know, gay marriage from coming through. And it's always the ultra-conservative ones. This really intense subset of very intense people that won't live without causing hate. There's some issues that they tackle, especially if they have a Bible study. Do you go to Bible studies? 
Sometimes, yeah. Do they discuss anything? Yeah, it depends on whatever question you want to ask to the to the priest or to the one who lead the Bible study. And do they have like differing opinions? Yeah, they they entertain different opinions, definitely. The new Pope now, Pope Francis. Yeah. Already facing the facts that it's already existing. Because I know they have the called canonical law. Yeah. It can be changed, I think. That's only my my opinion. It's it's adjustable, I think. I also think we should flag here that in June this year, Pope Francis actually came out with a statement on behalf of the Catholic Church that was very regressive in terms of views on gender. He basically said that, no, he did say that the Vatican rejects the notion that gender identity is fluid or can be uh, a choice. So I think that it's really important that while we praise the Catholic Church in some ways, we should remember that they are not as, well, they're not pro-trans at all. So One cool Pope doesn't undo centuries of systemic oppression. True that. Absolutely not. No, tell them. Tell them all. I'm not slamming the Catholic Church by pointing out that Pope Francis said there are only two genders. You know, it's true. Mm. I don't think we're bitching about the Catholic Church. Even, like, the wider Filipino community, like, knows that I'm gay and... I don't know if what they say behind closed doors, but they're always been nice to me. And there's a lot of active Filipino gays working at the church as well. I grew up with a lot of gay people and mm -hmm. all of them up until this day is like religious and have boyfriends and is married now as well. There's so many gay people in the Filipino community and they all go to church. And didn't Tito Romeo get married in like Yeah, but a they get married no, not in the church. Oh. Roman Catholic do not oh. still not accepting same I'm sorry to tell, but that's their stand they so I have nothing to do with that. See that's really annoying to me because they go to church every Sunday like every other Filipinos. But do you think they'll ever get married in a church? It depends upon to their superior, I think. Do you think they're ever going to pass gay marriage laws in the Philippines? Why not? Every year is always a different stories. Yeah, because yeah, because I yeah, figured yeah. that it as depends. well. It depends. Everything is evolve. Remember that, and everything is evolve. I don't know what the New Zealand brand of Castle. I I gave up understanding because them. how do I say it? It's okay now for me for um, whatever your sexual preference is. It's always okay for me. It's always okay for me. Like I said before, as long as it never harms you, it will be okay. In terms of fate, before I always believed that there are two gender that God's made, a man and a boy, but... A man I, and a boy? A man and a boy, sorry. <laughs> that's, that's true in my... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Make me laugh. That's hot. Yeah, no. How can I say it? Um, <laughs> man a girl and a woman. And a, boy, yeah. a woman or a man. Something like that. But for me, because it's happening to me, it's a learning experience. There is no such books written what's a good parent. That's what I've learned on my life. 
yeah, because growing up, I was so scared to like let people know that I like men and boys. Dad would always like. There's always going to be like pretty girls somewhere, and I'd be like, "You should marry her." Because I think that's. And I had girlfriends as well growing up. Jesus, that was. And you choose a girlfriend who's almost like a big resemblance with me, and that's why I saw it. That is creepy, mom. Oh, excuse me, when I look at that girl, we have a resemblance. Okay. <laughs> and some of my cloud teachers telling me, oh, your, your son's girlfriend have a resemblance with you. See? That was a very confusing time in my life. But yes, I Did guess. Did you know that girl is still in love with you, Jessica? <sighs> oh my gosh. Hopefully she doesn't hear this. I think she's pregnant now. Yeah. <laughs> but no boyfriend. <laughs> I don't mind much. What do I mean is, do it gradually yeah. to the um, community and the same thing to our family. There are only your two titas knew it and your one uncle and my side knew it. And, some, uh, yeah. and all of your father's sides knew it. I know. It's kind of just like the first step of coming out to your parents. That's like probably the hardest one. Yeah. But after that, like I have to always constantly come out to people. That it's just like... Ugh, whatever. Just please tell. But like, help I me remember there. when you were in the hospital telling me that you're you're a gay. You're a gay. Yeah. I. What do I? The first thing I told uh, you. Ugh, I know you don't care, and you already knew. Yeah. No. Of course, mothers know things. Ugh. I can feel it. That's why your dad and me always. What if we are wrong? Because there's no confirmation coming from you. You know what I mean? I don't know what I was scared about. Growing up, my friends has always been boys, and I always feel a little bit guilty being friends with girls and not dating them. And I, was, I just want to be friends with you guys. The teenage boys would be like, "Oh, why are you talking to this girl? Do you like her?" And I'm like, "No, I just we're just talking about Gossip Girl." But like, I can't really tell them that because they'll be like, "Oh, you watch Gossip Girl and Glee?" I'm like, "Yeah, I don't know. I think that was just fueling my fear. Not you. It wasn't you. Yeah, like, I well." It was, there was also this religion thing, and I was just like, oh my god, every time I Google Catholic gay, and it's just like, it's like the Probably internet. Probably you just consider me. Yeah. That's why. What do I told you? You underestimate us. You don't think we, we might understand, but we understand everything. It's a pretty lovely coming out story. I... Yeah, that's really sweet. Mm. And like how Grace just said... Um, I already knew. Mm. But also that I, she didn't want to assume unless unless Joseph told her. Yeah. I think that's cool. I really love um, when she says, you underestimate us. Mm. Like, I think that's such a eye-opening thing for a child to hear from a parent. Mm. I think we're not willing to accept that we do underestimate our parents. I think we kind of internalise a lot of the stereotypes about migrant parents and maybe religious parents of being overly overbearing, conservative, backwards, all of those tropes. We try to protect them as well sometimes. Mm. And it's reassuring to hear that we might not need to. Yeah, they got it. In this next part of the episode, we asked a little bit more about the Trinidad's integration into the wider non-Filipino Hawke's Bay community. I had lots of friends, Kiwi friends, especially in the church. And I experienced that during the time that I got sick. They always visit us at home. Yeah. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah. 
Like, it's such a boring answer, but it's so true that they're yeah, all so yeah. nice and accommodating. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. if anything, we're the ones that's yeah, not yeah, inviting yeah. them in. Our experience, they giving us yeah. hips of lemon, eh? Yeah. <laughs> hips of lemon. And plums. And plums. Yeah, we had like a plums. bucket of plums and avocados yeah. just sitting. So we never encounter any problem dealing with them, eh? Yeah. Yeah, that's what makes me really happy. They always tell us about the sun, eh? Yeah. Nice sun. Yes. Good sun. Always so, about the weather. Yeah, the weather. I was thinking, what's the, what's the problem? They always <laughs> discuss the weather. And they really love sun. I, I almost wanted to hello. I hate sun. We're Asian. I'm using whitening soap. <laughs> and I also experience... Uh, they invite me for an event, yeah. and they telling me bring a plate. Yeah. And I thought, oh my god, they don't have plates at home. <laughs> and a friend of mine telling me, no, it's not a plate. You need to bring food. Oh. Oh my god, the same thing happened to me in high school when there was like potluck. like the last class of the year, yeah. and I was like, bring a plate, and I brought a literal plate, yeah. a literal empty yeah, plate, and I was like, yeah. oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just think that's so funny. It's also, like, my family has that same story as well. Yeah. I love her assuming, oh, white people don't own plates. <laughs> I said, do they not have cutlery either? <laughs> I feel like I did... This is too meta. Like, I did this podcast because, like, I've always wanted to have a recording of your voice because I feel like... There are like times where I'm like, oh my god. There are times where I'm like, mm. I wish this situation like. I... Mm. <laughs> Sorry. Like I feel like I wouldn't be too nervous or too scared if I had like my mom's voice in my head. Tell me that's going to be okay. I can't really call you at 3am because your work starts at 6 and you won't be coming home until 7. You work so hard. And I don't want like borrow time in your busy day to just tell me that it's going to be okay for like the hundredth time, you know? What I'm most worried about is that you're not going to be here when I most need you. And I just want for us to have, like, a moment <laughs> that I can, like, go back to. <laughs> you're, like, really young and everything, but it's just easier, I think, for us to talk about something really, really personal. But, like, for me to also capture how funny you are, like, or, like, share how funny you are. I just want something easy and nice to come back to. I, there's a tissue there. Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> I don't know why do you not call me during your <laughs> hard time. It hurts me when I heard that that you think I'm so busy. <laughs> I, I keep telling you, you underestimate <laughs> us. You don't know how... How big I 
are understanding in every situation. That's what is giving me a... You don't know... It's your sister's birthday. <laughs> We're so busy celebrating. We're so happy. And you gave him a video, video footage, you know, greeting him happy birthday. Then at night of that, a friend of yours call us and telling us that you're in the hospital. We, all of us are really numb of telling what happened, asking them what happened. The first person they call is your sister. And, and your sister told us, um, mom, Kuya is in the hospital. And that's what's keep me worried. Right then and then, 11.30, we pack up ourselves. And we're lucky we still have our van then at that time. Your daddy drove off to Wellington. And I call a friend and tell him that, tell everybody in our work, we cannot go to our work and even your dad. And I don't know how many days we'll be on leave because of you. When we came to the Wellington Hospital, it's really, how would they call it, too early to let in. in. It was 2 a.m.? 2 a.m. 2 a.m. So we have no choice to sleep in the van. So just to clarify a little bit about what actually happened here, um, Joseph was admitted to hospital. He'd been having a really tough time with his mental health. And when Joseph's parents went to visit him, this is also when they found out that he was gay. We went into this episode knowing that this was a really difficult subject for this family to talk about. Mm. Um, And also, I mean, of course, like sharing your deepest, the deepest journeys of your family in in an episode of a podcast is going to be really hard. And we really appreciate uh, that the Trinidad's let us go here at all. Like, it's so annoying because I'm so such a handful, like... You know, I always tell to myself, if I don't have this faith, I know how to play, I know I have this faith or else I will give up. GM, believe me. That's why I want you to learn the value of praying, the value of pain. Because at the time that I saw you in laying in the bed in the hospital and praying why this thing happened, I almost turned to the point that I want to question why this thing happened. But the end of my prayer, I tell God, I'm still happy having you. If this thing will, will happen again, I will always choose you as my son. That is always a compromise to God. The only thing that I'm so blessed is to win me. That's why don't always question us as a mother and the way I will look at you, especially your dad. The main concern always is you, Alex. That's why... And that thing happened to me. I always telling that if will this issue will happen again, you'll always be my son. 
I will never change the thing that I always will choose you. Leave me. That's why I know it's really hard for you to understand why I have this faith. Because this is the thing that helps me a lot. Excuse me, it helps me a lot. Because if not, I will give up. I always pray to my guardian angel. I always pray to your guardian angels, to your father's guardian angels, to your sister guardian angels, <laughs> even to my cat's guardian angels, <laughs> to guide you. To guide you. Because I know, I don't know if you're still praying, but I hope you will pray. I think that Grace saying that she prays to their cat's her guardian cats. angels <laughs> was one of my favourite parts. Um, great line. Yeah. Julie and I did sort of debate quite a bit leaving this much discussion about religion in because mm. I think for me, like, I was just as producers on this project I don't I don't really want to make it seem like we're centering or supporting any one kind of religious belief it's not centering Catholicism but it's centering her faith and um I think it's pretty incredible that she admits to having that moment of doubt when Joseph was in hospital to admit something like that um then continuing to still believe in her faith is the thing that gets her through every day um you can see how much everything means to her. Yeah, and how it how it works for her. Um, and of course, that is one of the lovely things about religion. Eh? It, it helps people when they've lost someone or when they're going through things, it's something to lean on. Um, I don't know, I think I have like a weird, I think I have a stigma around it for myself from being mm. raised Catholic. Like, and generally, if I hear of any overarching religious belief, um, and I try to listen people, to, and I try to listen to people weaving in their religion to all aspects of their life. I find it hard to connect, and I don't know, I kind of switch off. Um, mm. I think it's because I don't see a place for myself in any religion, so I just like take myself out of it. Um, maybe, as I said, because I was raised Catholic, and I've rejected that partly because I don't like the history, partly because I'm gay, partly because a priest in Hamilton was mean to my mum one time. All fair points. Yeah, I've seen you react like that to um, religion throughout this kind of podcasting mm. journey. And it's quite interesting how much religion has come up with our families. I think mm. that's just kind of been a coincidence. Or, or, or not. Or colonisation. Um, but I think because I wasn't raised with any particular religion, um, I can see things a bit more, not quite objectively, but impersonally. And I think I can, I share some of that um wariness that you have of religion in general um like we just said with christianity and its association with colonization and kind of conservative values but then i think i also see how important religion can be for different communities and i'd never want to kind of reject it completely because of that association with colonization it's not these um, communities it's not their fault um that they are so heavily religious not that it's a fault at all but I think of like the recent Israel Falau example where mm. uh, especially young woke people, white, young, woke, woke in quotation marks. <laughs> um, people are so willing to make a mockery of him and how backwards he is in a way because of how racialized he is. And I think 
these woke white people thinking brown people are backwards um, without acknowledging that they are the root of that somewhere in history. I think mm. that's the backwards thing. Mm. Yeah, I absolutely agree with all of that. And I would 100% take an overtly religious person of colour any day over an aggressively atheist white man. I think of white power as a home now, but I feel like you can have multiple homes. <laughs> Like, Philippines is definitely a place I grew up, but also, like, Hawke's Bay is a place that I grew up. When I come back from the city, like, from Wellington, I always feel so re-energized. Because, like, there's your cooking, and then there's, like, the sun, which I love now because I live in Wellington. And it's always raining, and it's always so noisy, and it's always so crowded in, in yeah. there. And, like, now, Waipawa, Hawke's Bay, like, there's so many Filipinos here. I remember you, like, every time you visit me in Wellington, you bring, like... Filipino food like you brought us two cakes yeah. two homemade cakes one ubi cake and one like caramel pistachio cake mm. from Tita Maricel yeah Tita, Tita Maricel Auntie Maricel. <laughs> yeah, Auntie Maricel and it's just like she baked that just for me yeah this is already our home by Bawa when I came back here I already decided I no longer belong to the Philippines I'm only in New Zealand this is already my home and because this is your dad's choice, but it's already my choice, of course. Because as long as you're happy here, I'm also happy. Because I ask you, do you still want to go back to the Philippines? You. I have no friends there anymore. <laughs> That's it. That's why. And my friends are getting old now, and they have no time again to to ask to get together most of the time. The friends that I have are also. Like, yeah. migrated to other countries. Like Yeah, yeah. That's it. Because this is already your home. Yeah, are you okay now? Yeah. I was just, like, really emotional for a little bit. Yeah. We Filipinos are very, you know, strong in terms of problems. That's why you're a Filipino, I'm telling you. That's a little bit aggressive, eh? <laughs> We wanted to say the biggest thank you to Joseph and Grace and the whole Trinidad family, actually the whole Filipino, Filipino community. community and the Hawke's Bay. Grace, who made us the best food. Oh my gosh, Grace cooked for us like three different meals. Yeah, Grace vegan cooked. Vegan options. Mm, that the she Filipinos didn't prepare. don't even eat vegan food. And Grace prepared it especially for Julie. Thank you, Grace. You can check out photos and videos of all our participants on Instagram at comboswithmy, on Facebook at Where Are You From Really, and on RNZ's website. Conversations with My Immigrant Parents was created, produced, and directed by Julie Zhu and Saray De Silva. Recorded by Joey Siasoko, sound engineered by Colleen Brennan, with original music by Tal. Our cover illustration is by Ngaumutane Jones at Ms. Mimo, with design by Sonia Milford. RNZ supervising producers are Sarah Vutalitu and Justin Gregory. RNZ senior commissioner on this project is Kay Almers. Conversations with my immigrant parents was made possible by the RNZ NZ on Air Innovation Fund. He koonai ipurangi tēnei mo te reo irirangi o Aotearoa.